When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're live. Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Thanks, everybody, for waiting a couple minutes. You know, I've been traveling over the last couple of days, so, you know, things have been kind of crazy. Uh, but we're back to it today on Thursday. Um, if you guys didn't know, I, I, I do have a day job. I, I do have <laughs> something else going on outside of Upper Hand Fantasy. Trying to make Upper Hand Fantasy my full-time thing, but, you know, it's, it's we're almost there. But, you know, still got to kind of... I do have some obligations. I got to take care of. Still got a family, you know, yeah. still got to do all that stuff. But, you know, we're back. We're back here. We're going to go over the Thursday night football game tonight. We're going to we're gonna go over a couple pieces of news and we're going to go over quarterback rankings and we are going to go over running back rankings this week uh, for this week. Uh, Zach, I missed you, man. Yeah, no podcast, no, no podcast <laughs> yesterday, uh, but we did have the trade targets uh, and, and, you know, buys and sells up over on the Instagram. So I hope you guys ca- caught that. Uh, with a little bit of a blur for each of those players. Uh, but, yeah, man, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, it's been odd scheduling. You know, I'm so used to having the podcast every day, so I had a little bit extra time on my hands. And it was it was, it was a decent little break, you know, but I, I'm happy to be <laughs> back, you know, talking about fantasy football again, you know. Um, there's, not, there's not too many breaks, you know, during the fantasy football season. No. You know, yeah. uh, it wasn't it wasn't that it didn't feel like a break for me because I felt like I was. Well, yeah, uh, for you, <laughs> I was juggling, you know, right. a lot of things this week. But but yeah, man, it is what it is. But uh, let's get let's get right into it. Um, there wasn't it's not a whole bunch of news. It's not like too many injuries going in you know, to the week. Obviously, we have the Mike Evans news, you know, that he was suspended. Uh, that suspension has been upheld. Uh, yeah. So, you know, don't expect to have him in your lineup this week. Um, uh, let's see. We have a couple other players. Rondell Moore still not practicing. Uh, and that, that was Wednesday. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, but if Ron Lamore doesn't play this week, you, you yeah. go ahead and fire up Greg Dorsch once again uh, <laughs> as, a, as a PPR flex play. He, he has got it done uh, over the last two weeks for you if he was in your lineup. Um, James Conner isn't practicing uh, yet. Uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday and Friday. Uh, he's, he's, he's listed as day-to-day right now. doesn't seem like a, a bad ankle injury. But if he doesn't go, um, I think, you know, between – Dal Williams and Chase Edmonds. I think Dal Williams would be the play just because, um, you know, he did edge out, you know, Benjamin in a, in a few of the categories. They were sharing uh, each of the roles. Like they were sharing, uh, you know, uh, early down snaps and rushes. They were sharing passing down snaps uh, and two minute in the two minute offense. And, but the only thing they were not sharing was the goal line role. And Dal Williams got all of those goal line snaps. And there was a bunch of them too. So, right. you know, he, he would be my preferred play. And if James Conner doesn't play, I would probably have him ranked as like a, High-end RB3. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I don't think there's that much else, to be honest with you. Um, uh, there aren't that many that many injuries. Now, let me ask you this. Like, if Mike Evans, Mike Evans, you know, isn't playing this week, uh, yeah. Julio Jones still isn't practicing. You know, Who, they yeah, don't really have Tom anybody else. To, right? You know, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Russell Gage? Now, you know, the Bucks did sign um uh cole beasley Co- a COVID boy oh yeah cole, cole beasley cole beasley to to, to <laughs> you uh mispronounced cole 
<laughs> Sorry, uh, to point. to the practice <laughs> to the practice squad with the expectations of him being elevated to the active roster, right? Yeah, and um, you know there is a chance that he ends up, you know, as their primary slot receiver, you know, while Chris Godwin is out, and we'll see how long Chris Godwin's out for. But I would assume maybe another week or two, right after this right. week. Um, so you know, I I don't know how quickly he's going to get acclimated, but it seems like you know he'll probably be put in rather quickly probably as soon as this week uh just because of all all the receivers that they have banged up especially if julio's out yeah how uh, you know gage did run around on on almost every drop back last week but it wasn't pretty he did lead the team in catches uh but he didn't get a bunch of yards uh you know i think gage will probably still be just a ppr flex play at best even though he likely will get the majority of target share yeah i think that's a fair analysis and you know with all the receivers banged up you know it might be Leonard Fournette's time. You know, this might be a really good week for him to get peppered with targets if he plays. Um, Rashad White might be able to get a little extra work if the targets aren't going to receivers because, I mean, outside of, you know, that we we mentioned they signed Cole Beasley, they have Scotty Miller, is it? Is that that, that who they have? They have, um, yep, yep. They have Cameron Bright, but he hasn't really showed up. Uh, and then the, they have the, Rashad Perriman too. And, and that's, yeah. that's about it. And, and the, the odd thing is, you know, the Buccaneers offense has kind of been out of sorts. And it's weird to say that because, you know, Tom Brady is the quarterback but they haven't been fantastic from a fantasy production standpoint. Um, I do expect that to get better. But um, in this kind of game, I think that, you know, I, I think Leonard Fournette stands uh, to see the most benefit out of um, Mike Evans being out. Uh, obviously, Mike Evans will be back again next week, so we can gauge it then. But um, Russell Gage, I said, I think you're right. I don't see his ceiling going very high at this point because even with targets, he hasn't been too super efficient, too uber productive. Um, you know, it's a rough situation for Tom Brady because, you know, he's been short wide receivers the whole the whole season so far. Um, we won't be able to get a good read on him or how his fantasy production is going to be until he gets uh, more of his weapons back. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, Hunter Renfro is in, in the concussion protocol, so keep that in mind. Uh, he might not play this week. Uh, Alvin Kamara, he is practicing. He practiced on Wednesday. It's a great sign for him, for him to, to suit up this week after missing one week. Um, Keenan Allen was participating in individual work, so there's a chance that he's back this week. And Justin Herbert, uh, some good news on him. You know, there was a report, you know, talking about you know him kind of looking like himself and him coming into the facility and throwing and and weightlifting and, and doing those type yeah. of things. That you know, despite the, um, I think what was his injury? It was a, it was a, a rib cartilage injury. Yeah, cartilage like fracture? No, it wasn't a fracture. No, that's not. I think they called the it something like like a rib cartilage so, fracture. Something it wasn't like, that, like right? a yeah. bone. It was a cartilage. Yeah, which right, apparently right, is exactly. super painful. Yes. So yeah. it seems like a pain management issue. Um, he'll probably be shot up a ton before and during the game. Um, so he should be he should be good to go this week. That's what it's looking like. Yeah. So that's good. That's good news for everybody who has Justin Turbert, everyone who has Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a possibility that he's back this week. Yeah. Jerry definitely. Judy's not practicing. Jerry Judy's not practicing yet either. Um, Joe Flacco is going to play this week. Zach Wilson might be back week four, and we'll see how that works out with him. Uh, Michael Pittman he did return to practice on Wednesday as well, so looking good for him uh, to get started. The, you know, he started the week on the right note. All yeah. right. Let's get into the Thursday night football game. We got the Steelers at the Browns. Uh, I've been looking forward to this matchup uh, since the season started. Uh, just kidding. Browns yeah. favored by four and a half points. The over under on this game is thirty eight and a half. Uh, so Vegas is not sounds like quite a game. <laughs> Vegas is not expecting a lot of scoring in this one. 
so on the Steelers side, I think Najee Harris, you know, he gets a bit of an upgrade over where I had him going into last week. Uh, mm-hmm. He looked fine to me. You know, Jalen Warren did play a lot more than he would normally play. Uh, Najee still had 71% of snaps, though. He ran around on more than 50% of dropbacks. Uh, so he'll be fine. I have him as a high in RB2 this week, and we'll see those rankings in a bit, uh, despite the bad offense. So I think overall downgrade for Najee from where he was being drafted. Uh, but it was pretty scary with him going into last week and the concerns around his foot. Uh, so it might not be over when it comes to that. Uh, but for now, things are looking okay. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, Steelers offense is not anything I'm really excited about going yeah. into this. The, you know, the Browns defense isn't bad. It's not awesome. You know, I mean, I think they're allowing, you know, some of the uh, most points to fantasy wide receivers right now at this point. But it's only been two weeks, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Najee Harris, you know, you, you kind of you want to start him. I don't think there's any reason you don't start him, even though he hasn't been terribly productive. Um, Deontay Johnson, I, I, I like him to get in the end zone this week. Uh, I feel yeah. like if anybody's going to be scoring touchdowns, it's going to be him. Um, you know, he hasn't found the end zone yet, but he's gotten double-digit targets two weeks in a row, and it's actually responding to someone in the comments right before this. He was between Deontay and um, – I forget who it was if I look at the chat. It was Deontay Johnson – or Damian Pierce, which that one was pretty easy for me, Deontay Johnson, because of his workload. But um, yeah, it, yeah it's, especially in a PPR league. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's PPR, like you said. Um, yeah, Damian Pierce just doesn't have the volume just yet. Uh, I just kind of got off track right there. That's my bad. No, that's fine. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good context. I mean, 30% target share, you know, for him each of the first two weeks. You know, he might have a bit of a tough matchup with Denzel Ward on him. You know, Ward doesn't really shadow. But the last time he did yeah. shadow, it was last year against Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. and Ward that's true and Ward allowed uh Deontay to catch eight balls uh but it only went for 31 yards mm-hmm. you know so keep that in mind um so you know I, I don't know that Deontay Johnson has quite the ceiling this week uh you know I think Damian Pierce probably has a higher ceiling than him uh but in terms of a floor play in PPR it's it's probably Deontay um pat for uh he should be in lineups he's the tight end six over the first two weeks and uh when you when titan uh tight end pickums are slim keep those guys in your lineup yeah and that's i think that's about it for the Steelers. if george pickens is available by the way in your league and you play on yahoo or you play on sleeper or or on a platform where in your league you're allowed to drop bench players after they play um like like for example if he plays on thursday night and he is on your bench. You can drop him after the game, during the game, on Friday, right? By the way, yeah. it's a way to play. It's more fun. Um, yeah. If that's the case, I'd pick him up before the game tonight. Uh, if Jalen Warren is available on your waiver wire, I, I, in, you're in that type of league, I would pick him up, you know, and drop him after the game. You know, if Najee makes it out of the game okay, just drop him, pick up somebody else, do the same thing up until Sunday. Uh, if that happens again, do the same thing on Monday night. Uh, and you're probably going to be dropping that player anyway, for waivers, uh, you know, as, as they roll around during the week next week. Same thing with George Pickens. Now, you know, there's a chance that Kenny Pickett comes in at some point, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. if, if Trubisky continues to struggle, and if that happens, we can potentially potentially see a Pickett to Pickens combination, right? It has a nice little ring to it. Yeah. Uh, and they, they've been doing their thing in the preseason. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Pickens is a very talented wide receiver, and we could see the target share kind of even out a little bit. Uh, and we could see some, you know, preferential treatment you know moving around a little bit obviously you know Deontay is going to get his because he's mm-hmm. that dude um and that's why he's getting that's why he had a 30 percent target share each of the first two weeks um you know it sucks that a talent like him is is being wasted right now and and 
I'm hoping that Trubisky can can kind of step it up. I think he's better than he's looked over the first two weeks, um, right. but he has not looked good so far. Now, now I, go ahead. I, I think I think Trubisky will step it up. If he doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with Kenny Pickett coming in. You know, I think they're about the same. They'll do. They'll perform the same function as Steelers' offense. It's going to look very similar. But I think you know, honestly, if Trubisky keeps playing the way he has, you know, Kenny Pickett might actually have more upside. Um, oh yeah, I agree offer that. more upside for the entire offense overall. I'm with you. I'm with you. And you know, if you have anybody on this offense, you do hope that Kenny Pickett comes in. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Um, so on the Brown side, you're starting Nick Chubb. Obviously, uh, I have him as a low end RB one this week. Uh, n- no reason to think this will turn into a negative game script for him. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a low-end RB2 with upside for me. Uh, there's a good chance that he can rack up some volume as well. Um, you know, if this game, you know, if they go up in this game or if, or if it stays close. Amari Cooper had a big day last week. Uh, 37% yeah. target share, 64% of the air yard share. Uh, that led to a lot of production. So I'll have him in my lineup as a wide receiver three. Uh, I would like to see that target share, you know, uh, be consistent. Amari Cooper has never been a high target share type of guy. He's always been around 20, 21%. Um, so, you know, if you can be, be at 25% or higher, uh, this, this year, or, you know, in a, a, you know, after one week of doing it, I think, uh, that'll be, that'll be a great sign for him. The chances aren't high that that happens and continues throughout the whole season, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, he's the only guy there, right? However, in week one, we did see all the target share and air yards go elsewhere. So, um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I wouldn't overvalue what he did last week, but I think solid wide receiver three this week. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's kind of the problem that Amari Cooper ran into the whole time he was with Dallas. Um, he he never got a ton of targets. He he was efficient with his targets, but he never really got that many targets. And you're kind of getting a taste of that already with the Browns, where you had very minimal production in week one, and now suddenly he explodes in week two. Um, I wouldn't expect either of those to continue. I think that's going to settle kind of right in the middle. I see 12, 15 points this week, you know, a couple catches. Um, if he gets in the end zone, that's what's going to give him that's what's going to make him a good value this week, a good play. Um, if he doesn't, then you're kind of looking at, I think, I think a flex. I mean, wide receiver three, he he's a good wide receiver three, but I don't see him going much higher. I don't think he's going to finish his wide receiver two this week. I, I don't expect much offensive production really at all in this game. <laughs> you know, it's not really one that you're circling on your calendar, like you said, for offensive production. Um, but I think Cooper, he'll be fine. You know, he has, yeah. he's going to get, going to see some work. And that should make him fancy relevant enough that he's not sitting on your bench. Yes, exactly. Uh, David Njoku, I think he's a borderline tight end one. Uh, 82% rap participation last week, 19% target share. That's good enough for me uh, to have him in your lineup if you're in need at the position. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's get right into the quarterback rankings here. Um, I'm going to share my screen so you guys can see what I have up. Let's see here. That's that one. Okay, boom. All right. Uh, no surprise. No surprise that I have uh, Josh Allen at number one and Jalen Hurts at number two. That seems pretty locked in right now. Doesn't really matter what the matchups look like. Um, but Jalen Hurts, you know, last week, man, looking good. You know, he looked yeah. good in the past game. You know, he looked good. You know, obviously running the ball. You know, he's he's a legit dual threat at this point. Um, and he has the weapons. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that Jalen Hurts can get it done for you. Um, you know, so it's looking good for him. So he's locked in, you know, right behind Josh Allen, uh, followed by Patrick Mahomes at three, Lamar Jackson at four. Uh, I have Justin Herbert at five, despite the rib rib issue. Um, yeah. 
you know, I think it seems like he, he he's going to be okay. Um, doesn't look to be struggling or anything like that in practice. Uh, you know, or, or in, in the facility is no reports of that. In fact, the reports are the opposite right now. So looking good for him. Yeah, Kyler Murray, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, his offense hasn't looked great, right, no. over the first two weeks of the season. Um, you know, they kind of got it together to want to win that game late uh, in week two. But in week one, in week one especially, it was looking bad. However, Kyler Murray still got it done for fantasy. You know, yeah. he still, still reached the threshold that we're all looking for for a fantasy quarterback. So, you know, we see, we haven't seen Murray's ceiling just yet. So, you know, that's a that's a that's a good sign for Murray, you know, despite the bad offensive showings for this team. Yeah. He still got it done. Yeah, definitely. So, with me, with Kyler Murray, um, you know, we've seen his offense just really be abysmal and then they picked up like you said at the end of the second game that they played and Kyler Murray was uh, he benefited from that. But he was also good in week 1. He's produced despite the offense being bad and that kind of goes along with, you know, the offense is bad right now. Is As these weapons start coming back, as Rondell Moore comes back, as DeAndre Hopkins returns in a few weeks, you know, the offense is only going to get better. And if Kyler Murray's already scoring 20, 25 points, you know, a week, just with the weapons that he has, Greg Dorch, like you said, um, there's no reason to think as they come back that he's not going to get better. I think his ceiling, like you said, we haven't seen it yet. I think he's really going to shoot up rankings. Um, clearly, it's it's not him that's causing the offense to be bad. I mean, if you watch the end of the game last week, he was making everything happen at the goal line on the two-point conversions. It was just, you know, a Kyler Murray clinic. So I, I think six is good for now, but I wouldn't be surprised we see Kyler Murray moving up the ranks. If you have anybody panicking, I don't think anybody's panicking on Kyler Murray, but if anybody's um, not as high on Kyler Murray as they were coming into the season, maybe look at taking advantage of that and getting in and getting some Kyler Murray stock because he, he's gonna he's gonna blow up. He's gonna be really good this season. Um, as long as we don't see that typical fall off from the Cardinals halfway through. The season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think he's pretty aware of it. You know, he might just end up playing Call of Duty in the off season. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, that would be <laughs> no, I, that's what I would hope for. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the thing with Kyler is this: like, you know, right now we haven't seen the ceiling. You know, you can trade for him. You know, if you have like a Russell Wilson or if you have like a, you know, Aaron Rodgers or someone like that, and you're struggling at the quarterback position, you know, you might want to, you know, take a look at Kyler Murray because, you know, he hasn't had those 30-point games yet. And mm-hmm. he, he's definitely, you know, it's going to happen at some point, right? He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, right? He has Hollywood Brown. He, does, he, didn't ha- he doesn't have Rondell Moore yet, right? So, and, you know, James Conner's banged up. So he doesn't have all of his weapons right now, and he's still getting it done, which yeah. shows me that, you know, the, the ceiling, you know, is coming, right? Yeah. So he's somebody that I'll be looking at, you know, who's not necessarily viewed as a high-end fantasy quarterback right now. Um, so he's somebody that I would be, you know, kind of look looking at if I want to, you know, dip my toes into that high-end quarterback, um, you know, stratosphere. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, I got Joe Burrow at seven here, Matthew Stafford at eight. Now, let me ask you about Joe Burrow. Um, you mm. know, the, the Bengals offense, you know, that offensive line, you know, they made improvements, you know, in the offseason. So, you know, we're thinking that, you know, things are going to be looking okay. But mm-hmm. over the first couple of games, hasn't looked great. Um, no. So, and, and that's part of the reason why Joe Burrow, you know, has struggled a little bit. You know, he hasn't been absolutely terrible for fantasy. I mean, you know, just remember, like last year, you know, he wasn't amazing for fantasy, right? He wasn't a quarterback one on a per game basis. Uh, yeah. But. You know, obviously, we're expecting a step forward this year. 
you know, is Joe Burrow somebody you're looking at just every week start? You know, you're going to have him in your lineup no matter what the matchup. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seems sketchy to have it that way right now. He had an excellent stretch at the end of the season last season going into the playoffs up until the Super Bowl. And we saw what peak Joe Burrow can look like. I'm not going to make excuses for the Bengals offensive line because it has been terrible. But I will say this. They were thrown completely into the fire. You know, yeah. just this new hodgepodge free agent line that they built was thrown completely into the fire facing TJ Watt in week one and Micah Parsons in week two. Yeah. The Jets are much more manageable up front. I think this is a good time for the Bengals offensive line to start gelling. And we could see Joe Burrow finally have that get right game that we thought he would have last week against Dallas. Dallas's defense is anything to sneeze at because of Micah Parsons. There's no Micah Parsons on the Jets. The Jets have been in two high scoring games. You know, I think that Joe Burrow has a chance to really get right. The whole Bengals offense has a chance to get right. So I don't have any problem. I think they're going to get right back to where they were last season. He's an every week start. He doesn't have upside like guys like Lamar, even Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. But, you know, he's a good start if you don't like he's the edge. He's like the border of that uh, high end QB territory. Right, right. And, and I have Matthew Stafford here at eight going up against Arizona. He threw three touchdowns last week, also threw two interceptions. But, uh, you know, I think this is one of those matchups where you're looking at, OK, I think Matt Stafford can do some things here. And, uh, you know, he could potentially have that. You know, he had a couple of those high ceiling games last year going into Arizona. I think this can be one of them. Yeah, no, I, I like this one to be high scoring. I, I, I am glad that Al Robinson was able to make his way back, you know, into fantasy relevance yeah. last week. Um, you know, he almost had that second touchdown as well. You know, everybody was playing except the refs. The refs blew the whistle and the game, you know, they, they kind of brought that back. Uh, right. But, you know, he almost had two touchdowns. So he is, you know, they are looking to use him. You know, they are, you know, bringing him back into the game plan. And, and that's great news for anyone who drafted Allen Robinson. So the fact that he has that two touchdown type of upside, you know, on a per game basis, that's, that's, that's good news to me. Um, so, and that's obviously great news for Matthew Stafford. So, you know, right now it's looking like, you know, Cooper cup, Tyler Higby and Allen Robinson as his three main targets. Um, right. You know, we'll see how that evolves over the season, but for now, I think this is a good matchup for him and I'll be happy to start him this week. Um, and, and, got, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, and just remember that last week it took Robert Woods, uh, last week, not last week, last year, it took Robert Woods a few weeks to get started and actually start to get the targets going his way. Um, you know, obviously he got injured and that got cut off, but um, it could be the same case with Allen Robinson. You know, Matthew Stafford comes out of the gate of the season, hasn't played all offseason the first few weeks. You know, he's going to key in on Cooper Cup, the guy he has the best connection with. That's no surprise. Allen Robinson's going to be just fine. Yeah. Now I have Kirk Cousins at nine and I, I have Kirk Carson Wentz at 10. And normally I would have Carson Wentz a little bit higher, um, you know, just because of the way that these guys are playing on offense. Like, I, I just want to like, I, I just want to talk about that real quick and, and what these guys are doing the past they're the way that they're passing the ball is awesome. You know, they have three wide receivers on the field, you know, on almost every single play. Um, they are passing the ball in every situation, whether they're leading, whether they're behind, whether By they're twenty-two points to the game. Lions, <laughs> yeah, whether they're close, like they're passing the ball, you know, and they have the weapons. So, uh, and the fact that their play-action rate, you know, is close to fifty percent is is what you want to what you want to hear. However, you know, going up against Philly, right? And Philly, you know, this is the revenge game. However, Philly's defense, you know, has looked solid, you know, yeah. and, and this team overall has looked really good. So, you know, this might be a little bit of a tough matchup. He is playing them at home, so you know. That's good, but a little bit of a tough matchup there. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, going up against Detroit. 
chances are that this, this is going to be a high scoring game. That would be my guess. Um, yeah. and, and I think this is a, a nice little bounce back for Kirk after after having a terrible week on Monday night. You know, he won't be playing, you know, in the bright lights this week, so he yeah. should be fine. Yeah, no, that that's uh, that's the kryptonite to Kirk Cousins. It's Monday night. Don't start Kirk Cousins on a Monday night or really even any primetime game. Uh, that's just <laughs> how it goes. But one o'clock has proven to be pretty good uh, for the Vikings. He's much better there. You know, Justin Jefferson was oddly quiet against uh the, the eagles and that's one thing you know you talk about carson wentz they do have to deal with darius slay who's balling out right now so that's he shut down justin jefferson is what that's the connection i was making um yep. but you know the lions don't have darius slay even though they used to you know they no longer have darius slay he's on the eagles now so kirk cousins is going to be fine that's I, I think kirk cousins has much better uh, a much safer floor in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz could easily have a bad day against the Eagles. I could see that happening. Those storylines coming out Monday. <laughs> so um, I think that th- these two rankings, Cousins above Wentz, is is the move. As much as Wentz wants to, you know, get some revenge yeah. against his former team, it might not, you know, work out so well. Well, it's funny because um, he's going in there and he has probably his best supporting cast in his whole career, and he's going back true. to the place where they gave him nothing. Alshon Jeffrey and um. You know, those guys. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, his teammate made the Super Bowl, but not to put him back in. Yeah. yeah. Um, Derek Carr, I have met number 11 here uh, going up against Tennessee. Decent matchup there, followed by Jared Goff at number 12. Yes, I actually ranked Jared Goff as a top 12 quarterback this 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 week above Russell Wilson. I have Russell Wilson at 14, uh, who's been quite disappointing. Yeah. Uh, and I had James Winston at 13. So I had Derek Carr at 11, Jared Goff at 12, followed by James, followed by Russ. Um, and, and let's talk about Russ real quick, man. You know, Russ, you know, the dude, I don't know, man. Like, he he is not looking great as of right now, right? Obviously, no. new team, new weapons. Uh, he might be missing Jerry Judy this week. You know, he has Court and Sutton as his guy. Albert O, you know, I think he had two targets, no catches last week. Yeah. I dropped his ass with the quickness in one of our <laughs> leagues. Um, couldn't wait to drop his ass. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's starting out slow for Russ. You know, what are you making of this situation? Um, you know, and to me, it's like it's like he went from a situation like, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound funny because everybody knows how much I hate Pete Carroll. Yeah. I'm kind of missing Pete Carroll right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, it, it's it's very early, you know, but the onus, I think, falls on Nathaniel Hackett right now because he has not been a good coach. And I don't want to, you know, chalk it all up. Nathaniel Hackett in Denver being the problem. Uh, Russell Wilson has not looked like the Russell Wilson that we expected to see or have come to know and love. Uh, he's had trouble hitting the receivers. I mean, I forget he had he completed like seven of seventeen or eighteen passes to open the game last week against right. the Texans. It was like that's not what you want to see at all from Russell Wilson. It's just really been a surprise. I think this might be one of the biggest surprises of fantasy this season so and, far. And that, it was, it, anyway, he was at home against Houston. You know, right. complete completed fourteen of thirty one for two nineteen and you know, right. So it's well, like, when, and when your home crowd is booing you two weeks in, you know that's that's <laughs> pretty bad. I mean, the offense has looked anemic, which is a big problem. I mean, you know, Cortland Sutton had himself a decent day. Javante Williams was all right, but um, we were expecting a lot more from Russell Wilson. He did kind of show shades of this underperformance. I think towards the end of last season in Seattle. Um, I don't think anybody expected that to carry over into this season because it was just a bad situation there in Seattle. But, um, you know, it, it has. So for me, I'm not really even sure Russell Wilson is my every week starter right now until he 
puts things together. I'd have more confidence. Like you know, I, I'm looking at this list. I'd have more confidence putting maybe Tom Brady in. I'd have more confidence with Jameis Winston and Tua. You know, he popped off. You don't want to overreact to that. But I was actually a pretty big fan of Tua at his price, you know, the whole offseason. So I'd be I'd be okay with him. Um, you know, I, I, until further notice, I have trouble ranking anything higher as as anything higher than maybe a solid QB two right now. Each week. I, I I hear that. You know, I, I don't want to overreact too, but like for example, so I have two at fifteen, right? Yeah. And he's going up against Buffalo, all right? And that's yeah, that's my thing with him. I think Rusk will have a better day than Tua this week uh, against San Francisco at home. You know, I do. Uh, even mm-hmm. if he does miss Jerry Judy, I think they kind of get it together. You know, they have Javante. Hopefully they, they use guys like Albert O and, and kind of get it together. Uh, but Tua, you know, against Buffalo, that's a little bit of a tougher matchup. He obviously has the weapons. You know, Tua wasn't amazing in week one, right, against New England. No. Um, you know, he was – he obviously did his thing last week in a big no. way. He made up for it. You know, he made up for it. Like, he had three games worth of production, you know, in that game la- uh, last week. <laughs> I bet um, I bet there were fantasy managers that saw what Tua put up in week one and put him on, on their bench in week two just to have that happen. I couldn't imagine oh, yeah. that happened to me. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, if God. that happened to me, man, I I'd quit. Be sick. You, you wouldn't see me on this live stream any anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I ha- and, and you mentioned Tom Brady at seven. I have him at seventeen, dude. I can't start Tom Brady right now. Like, I, it's he's you know the offense is not looking good. You know he's he's he doesn't have any of his weapons. Like I'm steering clear of that right now until he gets all of his guys back. You know, and and, and it just hasn't looked good, and he's getting frustrated. You know, he's in that Aaron Rodgers situation right now where he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to, right? Yeah. He has his running backs, and that's it. You know, at least Russell Gage, you know, maybe he can get him the ball. But Russell Gage isn't really like a playmaker, right? Like, he he's used to playmakers, right? He has, you know, Chris Gowen and Mike Evans and those guys. Like, those guys are playmakers. So, yeah, e- even him, like, I've, I've, I've a lot of hesitancy. And we talked about Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff has some weapons, right? He has Amara Oh, yeah. He has TJ Hawkinson. He has DJ Shark. Um, you know, who am I missing? He has DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, he's he's even using his ancillary wide receivers as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot to go around there. And we talked about, you know, this Vikings game, you know, between them and like this could be a high scoring game between those two teams. You know, a lot yeah. of, could be could be fireworks in that game. So, you know, I'm and, and let me let me actually take a quick look at what the actually I don't even have it over under I, I will pull it up right now. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think that game was at like 48 or 49. Um, yeah. But I'll pull that up in the a thing, second. Yeah, the thing about the Lions, you know, Jared Goff, he's kind of been tasked with uh, serving the same role as he did with the Rams back when they were good, which yeah. is just, you know, game manage with a ton of elite talent around you. When you had Todd Gurley, when you had Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they were loaded on offense, you know. Now Jared Goff, he is playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. He has DeAndre Swift. He has Jamal Williams. He has Amonra St. Brown, who looks like this year's Cooper Cup. You know, so all he has to do is just distribute the ball, hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. You know, he's in a good situation where he doesn't have to do much to produce, where he might be locked in for 16 to 20 points every week because he's throwing two touchdowns a week um, with, with the chance to throw more. You know, like he seems to have cleaned up a lot of issues. He doesn't have upside like the top guys, but, you know, he could easily. Uh, serve really well for you each each week oh, yeah. I don't, his the offense is so much more improved and not to mention the defense you know Aiden Hutchinson looks like the real deal after last week but oh, yeah. um this team they, they have one of the they have one of the best offensive lines in the league as well right yeah, that, that, yeah, that definitely helps 
Yeah. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I did. It's fine. But um, it's true. Like it's worth mentioning twice because the offensive line really <laughs> it drives this offense and it's really changed it from last from last season. And Dan Campbell, you know, you gotta did, love. Dan did you Campbell. also did you also mention that you know this is kind of like his role with the Rams? Did you mention that too? Yeah, something like that. I think I did. And then um, did did I mention that he's handing the ball off to DeAndre Swift? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did say that this. I thought this game was at 48, 49 over under. It's actually at fifty three. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is one of the highest over unders for the week. Uh, so yeah, uh, play golf. Put him in your lineup. Definitely. Um. So which, which yeah, is I had really weird. It sounds weird yeah, coming uh, out of her mouth. You know, oh, golf oh, over oh, Wilson, oh, easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really talk about James Winston uh, going up against Carolina. You know, he does have he does have a broken back right now, but he's 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 toughing it out right now and you know he has the weapons you know chris olave seems like he's about to break out very soon you know with the amount of opportunity that he had last year his weighted opportunity was absolutely ridiculous he had more than 300 air yards yeah. <laughs> in week two <laughs> um you know obviously he has michael thomas he has jarvis landry he has alvin Kamara. hopefully coming back this week so i think Jameis winston you know he's set up for success and i think i'd rather start him right now over 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 russ um let's see Let's see, Marcus Mariota at 16. You know, it, it's it's not a great pass-friendly offense there, but he is uh, getting those design rushes, you know, which is what you want to see. Um, yeah. You know, it's not an ideal offense, but at least he's locking on to somebody. He's not locking on to Pitts, that's for sure. Uh, but he is, <laughs> yeah. you know, locking on to um, to Drake London. Now, we did see his his rushing attempts, you know, kind of go down last last week in terms of, like, his, rush, his design rushing attempts. We want to see that go back up. You know, before you feel like fully confident to put him in your lineup, he's a QB that, two right now. In QB in QB one leagues, it's it's kind of tough. That that was, I think, largely because they were down big very early on in the game, and they just had to throw their way back into the game. Um, you know, he'll have much more success running the ball. You know, six attempts is still, you know, it's not what you want out of Mariota, but for <laughs> uh, for other quarterbacks, like six attempts, you know, like that that's a lot. You know, obviously, it's not what you want for fantasy, but um. I think he'll be much better this week. It's a much more winnable matchup against Seattle. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 had a solid floor. You know, in a four point touchdown league, he had 15 points last week. He had almost 20 points in week one. So yeah, Mariota, as long as he's a starter there, um, you know, he's going to have those design rushing attempts. And even when if, if Desmond Ritter ever comes in, like he'll probably have the same type of usage too. That's know? that's kind of what I think. I think they're very <laughs> similar quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then I had uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, at 18, you know, with his lack of weapons, uh, you know, he did have Lazard come back, but you know, he he also didn't command any target share. He did ended up with that. He ended up with the touchdown, but you know, not much. Whatever, else. not much <laughs> else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had Joe Flacco at 19 and Jimmy Garoppolo at 20. Uh, do these two guys stand out to you at all in terms of you know Joe Flacco had what four touchdowns last week? Mm-hmm. No, no picks. Uh, you mentioned that you know a lot of their games have been high scoring. You know, I can see this game. You know, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of getting up there a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Joe Flacco and Jimmy G? You know, as potential streaming options. Obviously, Jimmy G coming in for Trey Lance uh, after that injury. Um, uh, do, do these guys are these guys appropriately ranked for you, or do you think yeah. they should be a little bit higher over guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Mariota? I, I I think they're appropriately appropriately ranked. Uh, um. You know, I'm looking at it. you talk about Tom Brady. You kind of talk me off of Tom Brady now, and I'm thinking like maybe Joe Flacco <laughs> could move up. You know, leave yeah. Aaron Rodgers where he is, just swap Brady and Flacco. Okay. Um, that could be. And the only reason with Flacco is he's throwing 50 or 60 passes a game, right? So and, 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 and he, has, to, he, he does have some weapons. 
Yeah, right. No, like, very good weapon. He, he has Elijah Moore. He has Garrett Wilson. He has Corey Davis. You know, he has these running backs, and you know, so it's not you know, and they're also running three wide receivers a ton. Braxton Berrios, you know, he's coming on the field too. So yeah, I feel like this is like you know, if you're looking at a top four in terms of wide receivers in the league, this is like kind of up there. Yeah, in terms definitely. of um, a and top four, you know, uh, wide receiver core. If you picked up Joe Flacco, you know, you're really feeling vindication right now because he's done very well for you in fantasy these first two weeks. Um, I think he'll continue that against Cincinnati. Uh, their defense isn't anything to behold. But, um, you know, he'll have to keep up with the Bengals offense, who I said I've picked to get back on track. Um, you know, like you said, he has a weapon. That's a good There's- pick. That's a, that's a good pick right there for yeah. the Bengals offense to get back on track. I like that. I like that yeah. pick. So he has he has the weapons though, and if he's playing from behind again, you know that's that's good news. Um, and if you're and if you picked up Jimmy Garoppolo, there's probably a massive power shift in your league because whoever had Trey Lance may not have gotten their hands on Jimmy Garoppolo, and now they're down a quarterback. Um, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good streamer. Uh, the thing for me with Jimmy Garoppolo, the storyline is less of Jimmy Garoppolo coming back and producing. It's more, are we going to see the Debo of old? You know, because that's who powered him last season. So that's one thing I'm looking at. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be fine. I would have him lower than Joe Flacco at this point. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's fair. 19 and 20. That, I think that's okay. back to back. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's get into the running back rankings. Still have Christian McCaffrey at number one here. Okay. And, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor at number two. If Jonathan Taylor had a big week too, you know, then this would be a little bit more questionable. But yeah. honestly, the reason why I still have CMC at number one is because he's been getting it done. But he has not reached anywhere close to his ceiling yet, right? Yeah. Uh, his usage hasn't been, you know, like what we've seen in terms of targets over the first two weeks. I think that's going to correct itself eventually because he is still getting insane uh, type of util- uh, utilization, right? Yeah. Um, if you look at what he's doing right now, 91% of snaps in week two. Uh, 60, he's running around on 60, 70% of dropbacks, uh, which is insane. Still getting right around 20%, 21% of targets over the first two weeks, which is fine, but we're used to him seeing more than that as a running back. So yeah. we need, first of all, we need the, the the Panthers to pass the ball more overall, and then Christian McCaffrey should get his uh, at the end of the day. So, you know, we, we, we've kind of gone into the fourth quarter at, in these games with Christian McCaffrey getting like only two targets by then. I, yeah. I think that that's something, that's a glaring mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you're if you're a competent head coach, but they do have Matt Rule, so if you need to rethink that one. If you're a competent <laughs> head coach, you know you kind of look at that and say, like, all right, we got to get the ball in in our playmakers' hands. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping that that's what they do. Um, so the, I still have Christian McCaffrey at number one here, JT at number two. Um, do you have any issues with that? No, and that's kind of the way it has to be. You know, you'd say you could say, oh, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook moves up because he has usage. No, you know, he's produced just like Christian McCaffrey. I think. Saquon had a good week, week one, not really week two. DeAndre Swift had two good weeks, but he was a little banged up already. You know, it's tough to rank anybody higher. You know, there's no clear-cut running back so far, which is kind of surprising. I figured Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor would do that um, like they were last year. Um, Not that Christian McCaffrey was on Jonathan Taylor's level in terms of production. But, um, you know, I thought this would be much more separated uh, than it is. Because all these guys are liable to finish, you know, as the RB1 each week right oh, yeah. now, as things stand. It's funny. I was looking at um, – somebody tweeted it out, and I, I forgot who it was. I wish I could give credit. But um, it was like – I think it was like the top 12 or 15 scorers in the NFL in terms of fantasy. Mm-hmm. 
quarter every position among all positions, and it was only quarterbacks, wide receivers. It was only quarterbacks and wide receivers on the list. Not one running yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> you know it feels weird. Because yeah, it does feel weird. These man. are the guys you drafted, you know, first, second, third, fourth, fifth overall to be the engine of your fantasy team, and they've been kind of mediocre. No, I don't say mediocre, but you know they've been kind of not spectacular. <laughs> you know what I 100%. mean? Hundred percent. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's interesting, man. It's interesting, and, and we'll see. You know who kind of starts to stand out over the next couple of weeks. Um, I think the thing to look at for that is usage. And you talk about Christian McCaffrey. Yes. That's why is that one makes total sense. I think Dalvin Cook, you know, has a chance yes. to really Dalvin, see. That's why Dalvin Cook. You know, he was a buy low. If you saw my buy low post yesterday, like guys, Dalvin Cook's usage is incredible, and it's exactly what you're looking for when it comes to you know uh, a fantasy running back. He is seventy three percent route participation. Um, you know, it's like, you know, the dude is going, going to put up some monster fantasy days. So if you're looking for a high end RB one, you know, you got to go try to get Dalvin cook and put up a package together to get him. Uh, because he is, you know, he's somebody that you can buy right now. Yeah. Um, obviously Jonathan Taylor is going to be fine. Saquon Barkley, you know, he's going to be fine as well. You know, he got a ton of opportunity last week. He didn't get in the end zone or anything like that. Um, uh, but you know, he's getting, he's very involved in the passing game. Um, he's obviously they're you know very involved in in the rushing game as well. Uh, he's going to be just fine. Um, I, w- I would start him as a top five running back this week. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, we, we talked about him. I think you know he he kind of comes back this week. You know he didn't have. I don't think he had his full role in week two. Um, no. You know it, going into week three though, it seems like he should be fine. Um, th- there was a report about him feeling better. So that's good. Yeah. So I think going into this week, you know, I'll have full confidence in DeAndre Swift to, to, to be a, a high in RB1. Yeah. DeAndre Swift has kind of been um, the guy I trust the most, you know, in fantasy so far these first two weeks. Even with the limited snaps that he did play last week, he still put up a respectable performance. He got in the end zone and he actually caught a couple of balls too. So I think and he's like still six, and he's still making big plays. Yeah, sixteen or seventeen points. It didn't look like it was hampering him that much. Um, the first week obviously was great, and he has a really good matchup this week against Minnesota. What's going to be high scoring game? I think um, he's had two big runs in two games. You know, so like I know that's not necessarily the most sustainable thing, but it's nice to see that he's making those big plays that we really wanted him to. He's been one of the um, guys that are exceeding expectations, I think, and positives. It's been a really good thing to see from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, yeah, and, and we talked about Dalvin Cook, um, you know, going up against the Lions too in, in in this matchup, and the Lions have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs yeah. so far this season. So that should be that should be fun to watch. Now the Jets have also allowed a ton of fantasy points to running backs so far over two weeks. So Joe Mixon, you know, should be able to get it done this week against the Jets. Uh, we have Leonard Fournette, at, you know, against Green Bay, and like you mentioned, with all these wide receivers banged up, we could see Tom Brady pepper. Fournette in the past game, um, and that would be very welcome after a down game last week. He's another yeah. guy that I would be kind of going after in trades uh, because we haven't seen what his ceiling looked like. You know, he's – I don't think he's gotten to the end zone yet, if I'm not mistaken, this season. So uh, yeah. I, I would I would definitely be looking at Fournette as a potential option because, you know, he's going to have those top five weeks, you know, yeah. and I would, I, would, I, would, I would highly recommend going to target him. He hasn't been peppered in the – in the in the passing game either like only two targets in week one yeah uh four targets last week he he hasn't gone over 10 yards receiving in either mm-hmm. game 
So, Gio Bernard, you know, is on IR now. Um, you know, obviously Rashad White's going to be involved, but you know, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, man, I would go after him. You know, if you can, if you don't have him on your team, and if you have him on your team, don't worry about him. He's going to be just yeah. fine. Um, he's still a high, in, he's close to a high, high end RB one, mid RB one. Um, but you know, if you don't have him, I would try to go after him in the trade. Yeah, I view this as the week for him to explode. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because um, it's going to be they're playing against the Packers defense too, which is actually very good. Um, Tom Brady's probably going to be checking it down a lot. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard Fournette got six or seven catches this week. Yeah. And that'll be enough to power him to an RB1 performance. And the other thing, you know, you said about him not getting in the end zone. He actually did put out a tweet. He said, to my fantasy managers, don't worry, touchdowns are coming. <laughs> there so you go. That's take what that for about. what you will. But, you know, he says the touchdowns are coming. So I, I think that he's going to be just fine. And like I said, people might be panicking on him. Take advantage of that. Um, it's funny because these first few weeks, everybody, nobody knows what to expect. So if you see things that you like, you can go after them and get them pretty cheap because yeah. even though it's been two weeks now, you know, if a player has an up an up game and a down game, nobody knows for sure what's going to happen. So they might just, you know, either either they give the player the benefit of the, doubt, of the doubt if it's someone like Dalvin Cook or maybe Leonard Fournette, someone that they drafted relatively low and they weren't sure about how they were going to perform. And it's been that type of year so far for Leonard Fournette. He hasn't gotten in the end zone. They might be ready to sell. So take advantage and of that hair trigger. 100% man. And look at the usage. Right. And yeah. the, and, the, and when you look at the usage, right, that is so much more sticky than how they finished over the first two weeks of the season. Take advantage. Take advantage of guys like Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. If you look at Leonard Fournette, 87% of snaps in week two. All right. That's absolutely ridiculous. He ran around on 70% of Tom Brady's dropbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the type of player that you want to have on your fantasy team. I don't even think they had any snaps within the five yard line this year so far. So that's going to change when these wide receivers yeah. start coming back and this offense finds its groove. Um, you want running backs who are going to get you to the promised land second half of the year. Uh, Leonard Fournette's going to be that dude. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next, who do we have? We have Alvin Kamara looking like he's going to play this week uh, at Carolina. You know, <laughs> you know, he's another guy, you know, who you could potentially go after. You know, the morale is low uh, for Alvin Kamara managers right now because in week one, you know, the usage wasn't great. He, he, he didn't have a lot of production either. Uh, and then week two, he was out, you know, with, with that injury. So, uh, you know, it's a rib injury. You know, nothing too crazy. You know, it's not like he had a foot injury or a knee injury, you know, a lower body injury or soft tissue injury. Like, he's going to be fine, right? Yeah. So, you know, Alvin Kamara, I wouldn't worry about him at all. Put him in your lineup. Trade for him. He's going to be good. The offense is going to be better uh, than we've seen so far. Uh, and, you know, th th this is an offense that, that could have some fireworks later on in the year once they get their footing, when, once Chris Olave, you know, kind of, you know, gets his, his, you know, his game going, once Michael Thomas is fully in his groove, you know, back after playing, you know, after, in like two years, right? Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, Jameis Winston, you know, almost all, also missing a year, right, doing a, that ACL rehab for the entire year. So, you know, this team is going to gel and they're going to get, they're going to be fine. Um, so Alvin Kamara, you know, he's in my top 10 as well you got nick yeah. chubb at nine against pittsburgh we talked about him he's in my top 10 this week uh just because i think that he's gonna get a ton uh of volume against pittsburgh despite you know pittsburgh is a good defense but i do think he's gonna get a lot of volume in this game as long as jacoby Brissett doesn't make any crazy mistakes and throws it you know to make a fitzpatrick or anything like that i think you know i think this game's gonna be relatively close yeah derrick henry at number 10 derrick henry man you know is it time to panic with Derrick Henry? You know, I, I wasn't expecting him to ever be ranking him at number 10, right? right? So I have him at number 10 this week, 
and he's healthy. So why? Why do I have him at number 10 here? You know, are is is this a situation where we're looking at Henry as somebody who number one is not on a good offense, but number two, possibly losing a step? Yeah, you hate to say that he's losing a step because yeah, we know what he can, <laughs> we know what he can be. That's the problem. We've seen it so many times. And you know, it could just be a slow start to the season at this point. It's only two weeks. He, and but he it, did play Buffalo last week, right? So it, yeah. obviously very, very tough matchup in Buffalo, you know, keyed in on Derrick Henry, as you would, because who else are you going to key in on, you know, on the Tennessee offense? Right. Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, I'm not panicking on him yet, but I'm definitely disappointed. If I'm a Derrick Henry um, fantasy manager right now, he did score a touchdown, and that's literally all he did last week. And, you know, you can't really call it salvaging a performance because he had two straight eight-point performances, which is not at all what we want to see. Um, he had eight points with a touchdown. Yeah. It, it was just disgusting. He had 12 yards. I think it was like 12 carries for 12 yards and a touchdown. It was just like disgusting. So that was alarming, much more alarming even than the eight points he's put up the first week because even then he had 24 carries for 82 yards, and that was more Derrick Henry-esque. Um, it, it's, it's worrying. If he has a bad outing against the Raiders, you know, who's actually a very good matchup for him, then I'd panic. But I think he's going to get back to Derrick Henry things this week. I, I hope so. But, you know, as as you can see here, like, I can't rank Derrick Henry over these guys that I have no. here. No, you can't. You know what I'm saying? I can't. Um, all these guys have better usage. They look better, right? They're on a better offenses. Um, so this is a situation where – and this is part of the reason why I didn't want to draft Derrick Henry, you know? And I'm not yeah. trying to take a victory lap or anything like that. And it's way too early to take any victory laps. It's, it's only yeah. two weeks. Because Derrick Henry can come out in week three uh, against the Raiders and put up 170 yards and two touchdowns. Like, it can happen. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I, I hope that's the case for everybody who did draft Derrick Henry. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to say I told you so or anything like that. I, I hope that yeah. Derrick Henry does his thing because he's a fun player to watch and I want to see him succeed. And I want mm. to see all the people who drafted him. You know, I want this to be as competitive as possible, right? That's 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 the whole that's the whole point. Um, but yeah, so it's not looking great right now. But at the same time, if you have him, you know, he's gonna yeah. be in your lineup. It's easy to hold on to the optimism. I think it's much easier holding the optimism than get you know stuck with the pessimism surrounding him. But it is worth mentioning that he just doesn't look exactly the same running, and he you doesn't. don't want to chalk it up to that that first week where he just got blown up for the first time yeah. probably in his career. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And that one play where he just got It's destroyed. usually him dishing out the punishment. Yeah, the so he got, to, he got a taste of his own medicine. You don't want to chalk it up to that. But that is kind of interesting to see, you know, because he is kind of the – he's at that point in his career where running backs typically tend to lose a step, and we're kind of seeing, you know, signs of that. I'm not in panic mode yet. I'm not either. Um, now I have, so I'm, we're looking at 11 through 20 right now. I have James Conner at number 11, Austin Eckler at number 12. Now this might be a little bit low for Austin Eckler. Um, and maybe I should be putting Austin Eckler above Derrick Henry here, uh, at number 10, uh, and yeah. over James Conner. Um, I think that's what I might do because I'm looking at it now. I'm just like, what was I thinking? Um, but you know, the thing with Austin Eckler, like is he didn't do shit until that, until late in that game in week yeah. two. Um, and that's because they were in desperation mode and they were in hurry up mode. Um, and all those fantasy points came on that last drive. And Sonny Michelle, you know, and these other running backs are super involved. Josh Kelly 
you know, very involved in this game, a lot more than we thought, running a lot of routes, you know, getting a bunch of the carries. Right. Not ideal uh, for no. Austin Eckler right now. So uh, he's still an RB1, but he's a low-end RB1 for me this week. And we had a long talk about Austin Eckler last week coming off the game against the Chiefs, how his production was completely game script dependent. Um, against Jacksonville, I think it could be completely game script dependent again. I anticipate the Chargers going up in this game very fast. Um, I'm not sure if the Jaguars, I mean, they did look good against the Colts, but the Colts don't look good at all. I don't know how well this Jacksonville offense is going to be able to keep up with uh, the Chargers offense. If the Chargers will go up at all, you know, Austin Eckler might not be needed in the passing game. And they don't, they definitely don't want to run him, you know, into the dirt, you know, trying to grind time off the clock because we know Austin Eckler, he's not injury prone, but, you know, we, he, we've seen him get injured before. Um, you don't want to give him too much of a workload at this point. He is a little bit older. Um, I can see Austin Eckler kind of being game scripted out of this one if they would get up. Now, if Austin Eckler is doing the scoring to get them up, that's a different story. But so far, it's looked like he doesn't have the role that he had last season and that he's not going to be one doing doing the scoring. It might be Mike Williams. It might be through the air. It might be Justin Herbert more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, now, I have Justin uh, Justin Connor, James Connor at number 11 uh, right before Eckler. I- I'm assuming that Connor plays this week. Um, yeah. You know, and probably the reason why I like Connor so much is because of his usage. Um, you know, he is the primary, uh, you know, back on that offense. It, it's going to be a, a much better offense going forward. Uh, but, you know, he played on 72% of snaps in week one. Obviously, he left the game pretty early last week. He's also running a route on 65% of dropbacks, which is great. And he got his target share. So I'm looking for him to kind of, you know, have a lot better games moving forward. Um, but right now might be a good time to buy James Conner. Uh, it's tough to buy James Cotter when he's hurt, especially because, like, you know, yeah. that's his MO a little bit. Um, but you probably won't have to pay much, to be honest, because people are, you know, panicking a little bit on James Conner. Um, but I think he'll be fine. You know, going up against the Rams, you know, not ideal. But, you know, I- I'm more concerned about I- – I'm always more concerned about pass rush with the Rams rather than them stopping the run. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I-, I like James Conner. I-, I don't think there's any reason to be worried about his injury so much. He is. It seems like a low ankle sprain. Doesn't seem yeah. to be too serious, um, you know. And I think he, he. It seems to me like he's going to be uh, playing this week. Yeah, as long as he's playing, he's worth the start. Because, like I said, he's kind of the guy where the Cardinals' offense goes down the end, uh, not in the end zone, down the red zone, gets the goal line, and then it's just they feed him the carries until he gets in the end zone. Um, he's always been a guy that gets those touchdowns like in that manner, and I think he's going to continue to do that. I think he'll be a welcome addition back in the lineup. You know, Kyler Murray will be happy. To have him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, I have Aaron Jones right after these guys at number 13. And, you know, Aaron Jones was, you know, one of our buy low candidates, you know, following week one. And it's because we were following the usage again. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you got to look at the fantasy points. You're like, well, that didn't look so great. But then let's look behind the curtain to see what was going on. And the reason why we wanted to buy Aaron Jones is because he was running around on 65% of Aaron Rodgers' dropbacks. He just didn't get the targets. Right. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you know, he was still getting 60% of the snaps. Um, so as long as he's being targeted on his routes, listen, you know, I'll take it. You know, uh, you know, oh, AJ yeah. Dillon might be the guy that you have to worry about, you know, on the goal line. Uh, but Aaron Jones, like he showed his explosive ability right last week. And as long as he gets those touches, he's going to have those type of weeks. He still had 15 carries in that game. You know, like the thing is, like the, the, the rushing share between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon percentage wise was the same between week one and week two. 
Yeah. Right. It just so happened that the percentage, like the amount of runs just increased. Right. Aaron Jones yeah. ended up with 15 carries. <laughs> yeah. Right. He ended up and, with three targets and three catches uh, and, and ended up scoring on both. Yeah. And if you drafted Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you know, this is kind of what you expected. Yeah. Um, buckle up. It's going to be more of this every single week where one day it's AJ Dillon, the other day it's Aaron Jones. Yeah. Ultimately, Aaron Jones has more upside. AJ Dillon has a good floor considering that he's playing alongside Aaron Jones. And, and you know, you'll have the days where AJ Dillon outscores Aaron Jones. It'll be interesting. They're both very similar. That's why they're ranked so close. Um, but Aaron Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones has the receiving upside more so than AJ Dillon. And I think that's going to be the difference maker. And that's why Aaron Jones is probably going to finish a lot higher, I think, than AJ Dillon. But week to right. week, you know, I AJ Dillon is a fine start every week if you're putting him at your flex or right. a desperation RB2. But I wouldn't start him expecting him to be the RB1 over Aaron Jones every week. Aaron Jones, I'm happy starting him as the RB1. If he happens to have a bad week, you know, you kind of expected that. It's okay. And if you have Aaron Jones as an RB2, even better. You know, I think that's where he plays an ideal role on your team. If Aaron Jones can be RB2, if you pick them up late. I have I have AJ Dillon at 16 here. You know, so 16 is like a solid RB2 for AJ Dillon. And I think it's because of the offense, because of them, you know, having to depend on that backfield. Um, and 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 Dylan had some serious volume last week. He just wasn't that effective on on his touches. You know, yeah. he had 18 carries uh, in that game. He also had three targets as well. Now, the games where I think he ends up outscoring Aaron Jones or getting close to Aaron Jones is when he gets those goal line carries, and that's what happened in Week One, right? So he ended up having that 20 point game because of that, and he got those five targets too. So yeah, there's gonna be his. He's gonna have his games. He's also involved in the pass game, which is good. Uh, on a per route run basis, like he gets, he actually gets targeted because defenses don't care about looking at him. Uh, but he ends up, he ends up being fine. Now, Javante Williams, um, I have him here at number fourteen. Uh, his tar- his snap share actually increased a little bit from fifty eight percent to sixty five percent from week one to week two. Uh, he didn't get peppered, uh, you know, in the in the past game like he did in week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's still running a route on most of uh, Russell Wilson's dropbacks, so he, those those targets should be there. Uh, Melvin Gordon not really involved in the passing game at all. Um, so that's good news for Javante. So Javante Williams, you know, that 65% share of what we were hoping for is there, but, you know, as his offense gets better, we should see Javante, you know, kind of start to do his thing, uh, even more and kind of, we're going to see that ceiling, uh, come at some point because we know that he has the talent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I like Javante Williams for his upside. You can keep starting him as your RV too, because every week he has the upside. It's just that the offense has been, you know, oddly bad. So we'll be okay. Um, Javante Williams, you can put him in your lineup. No problem. I'm not worried about Melvin Gordon. He has the usage. Like you said, 65% is kind of what we had him pegged at, you know, as far as as his usage goes over the offseason. And we would said we would have been happy with that. And I am happy with that. You know, 65%, that's enough touches for me to be like, okay, he has the upside to be an RB1 each week. He just needs to, you know, put it together. Yeah, right. You know, Josh is saying here, you know, if Herbert is banged up, he might be doing more touchdowns to normal than normal to Eckler. And that's a good point. You know, we yeah. could see some of that, that Eckler kind of more involved because, you know, we might not see Herbert be throwing the ball, chucking the ball downfield as much. It's, so. it's true. But I do pose you that after that first time that, you know, everyone saw it on Thursday night where Herbert could hardly get it five yards out of his hand <laughs> to throw it out of bounds. And then the next play, he turns around, does a 20 yard strike to uh, DeAndre Carter. I pose you that. And then you can tell yeah. me if he's if he's not going to be thrown downfield. Um, I, I think 
you know, it's true. Austin Eckler could get a couple more <clears> targets <throat> than normal, but I don't think Herbert's going to change the way he plays because of an injury. As long as right. there's no bad rib injections like Tyrod Taylor-esque, even though it is the same doctor that did that, you know, uh, Herbert will be fine. <laughs> so I have I have Josh Jacobs right here at, at number 17, and this might be the highest I ever have him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I usually have him lower, like close, like a low-end RB2, but he did see 72% of the snaps last week. Um, he's getting all the rushing attempts. Yeah. And, and that, he's running around close to 50% like last week he did. So the volume for Josh Jacobs is going to be there. Uh, he's on a good offense. And mm-hmm. those goal line touchdowns that we were kind of depending on, it hasn't come yet. Yeah. So we could see some big games coming out of Josh, you know, coming from Josh Jacobs at some point. And that's the funny thing, you know, because I, I played against Josh Jacobs last week and I was like, oh, I'm not sweating it. You know, this guy's not going to get the majority of the carries. And then all of a sudden he's Mr. Usage in week two. And he has like <laughs> all these carries and like he, he wasn't terribly effective or efficient with those carries. But, um, you know, he had the usage and like we keep preaching usage, usage, usage. So I think Josh Jacobs at 17. It's it's good. You know, Tennessee isn't a very good defense. So we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it turns out. But I think 17's fair. Yeah. Um, of course, we have Elijah Mitchell again yes. at 18, who's not playing. Uh, he's out <laughs> He's out of this game. It's Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's supposed to be there at number 18. You know, what's that saying? Fool me once, something, something. Fool me twice, something, something. And then something, something else. I, I, I have yeah. no idea what that saying is, but something like that. Um, but, but yeah, Jeff Wilson at number 18. Jeff Wilson actually ended up being, a, you know, pretty solid last week. Um, you know, it was Tyrion Davis Price as his backup, right? Uh, yeah. which is which was a, a surprise to me, but he had a high ankle sprain. So moving forward, it's looking like Jeff Wilson is going to be the guy, you know, as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, and he was relatively effective on his touches, you know, as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Jeff Wilson like a solid RB2 this week, you know. Um, out of all of these backs, like right here, like in, in this entire range. Seems to me like Jeff Wilson, you know, can potentially hit twenty carries uh, relatively easily, easily against Denver. Uh, oh, yeah. Denver magically finds <laughs> finds their groove, uh, but I can totally see that. You know, uh, they have a good offensive line, good scheme. I think he'll be fine, and there's less of a chance of a running back kind of taking over. Uh, you know, this week coming up. Yeah, you got Antonio Gibson at number nine. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Did you have something to say? Yeah, no, it's fine. I was going to say Jeff Wilson. He didn't score a touchdown, but he did have 84 yards on the ground. So a touchdown would make a big difference in production from what he had. He would move from flex to serviceable RB2 if he could just get in the end zone. Yeah, oh, I'm with you on that. And, and, you know, he did have two targets as well. So he might be, you know, he might get the ball a little bit in the passing game. Right. Um, I have Antonio Gibson at number 19 here. Going up against Philly, a little bit tough, a little bit of a tough matchup here. Um, but, you know, he is the primary early down back on this offense. The offense is better than it was before. Um, the fact that they're pass happy kind of means that, you know, they're going to be getting the ball. You know, he is running a lot of routes, you know, despite him not being the primary third down back, two minute back, he's still running routes. So he had eight yeah. targets in week one. He had four targets in week two. Um, so, you know, 18 opportunities last week, you know, and if you're going to be involved in the pass game a little bit, despite him being extremely ineffective on the ground last week, um, you know, he's somebody that you can start as a low end RB two, um, and, and feel okay about, uh, okay. Okay. About that. And I have David Montgomery at number 20, who's not on as good of an offense, but they run the ball a lot and, yeah. and that's, that's their identity right now. And he looked good last week, you know, against the Packers, despite them being down, 
it didn't matter. The Bears, like they were, they were down that game. They were like, all right, well, we're just going to keep running it. That's what we're going to yeah. do. Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right. The Bears do run the ball a lot. You know, especially as a Justin Fields fantasy owner, when he only throws it, was it eleven times or something like that? It's just like, ah. But um, Montgomery's fine. I I, I like that. Antonio Gibson, as long as Brian Robinson isn't playing, you know, he'll be fine. Um, once Brian Robinson comes back, it'll be interesting to see how Gibson's used. But for now, just take advantage of the usage. Yeah, I'm gonna run through you know 11 through 20 here. Um, let's see, we have 22 through, through right. 21 through 30. Is that it? 21 right. through 30. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Here. So I got at 21 we have Kareem Hunt followed by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire followed by Cordell Patterson, Miles Sanders, James Robinson, Zeke Elliott, Damian Pierce, Dal Henderson, Tony Pollard, and Michael Carter. Um, you know, just real quick about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, it, I would have him higher if the usage matched his production, and it doesn't. He's yeah. like the overall RB6 on the year right now. He's somebody that I want to sell uh, because of that. He's on a good offense, but he's still sharing a lot of that work. He's not even the primary, you know, goal line guy right now, right? Last last week, we saw Jerick McKinnon in on those snaps instead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, right. you know, somebody I'm looking to sell, you know, don't be surprised if he ends up outside the top 24, you know, any given week because of that. Right. Yeah. Just, just, just keep that in mind. It, um, it does help that he's been on a good offense, and it's been high-scoring games they've been in the past two weeks. Um, not that I don't think the Chiefs games are going to be high-scoring, but um, you know he's benefited a lot from just you know being on a good offense. If he was on any other offense, the usage would just be like rough. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, really be surprised bad. to see it take a dip. Yeah, uh, James Robinson at twenty-five. He had a ton of volume last week, but that was because he, they were up in the Colts and they shut them out. Right, so. Yeah. This week, going up against the Chargers, a little different situation. We could see more Travis Etienne this week uh, because he's playing that role uh, of the hurry-up guy, the two-minute offense, and the passing down back. We might not see James Robinson be able to get a ton of carries in this game. Uh, is this too low for you, or is this appropriate? Uh, I think James Robinson's fine there. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to having Etienne ranked above him this week just because, like you said, yeah. it's going to be Chargers, and if they go down, Etienne's probably going to be getting passing work. And it is it's just awesome to see, even though Etienne isn't getting the workload, but every time he gets the ball, like he's so quick and shifty, yeah. you know, you just, see, when you see him, he makes you happy watching him play. It's yeah. just, if he could get the ball a little bit more, he could be a huge. If he gets the ball a little bit more, that'll make me happier. For yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, no, just watching him, he, he has the look of a dynamic fantasy running back. We, we, we might be getting close to Damian Pierce taking over this Texans backfield. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of that last week. A lot of it flip-flopped. Um, last week, it was a you know neutral game script, you know, surprisingly in that game. Uh, mm -hmm. So Damian Pierce, you know, is looking like somebody that, you know, can potentially move up in ranks, at, you know, as the weeks go by. Um, what did you make of the Tony Pollard usage last week? When he was on the field, he was being targeted a ton by Cooper Rush. Uh, yeah. Is that something that you think continues? Because when he had the ball in his hands, obviously, he was looking electric. I think it does continue, you know, and I think that the split between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard is going to be very close to 50-50. Um, Ezekiel Elliott just, you know, he's a running back. That's what he does. He runs the ball. He isn't really catching the ball much. Cooper Rush doesn't check it down to Zeke as much as he does say Pollard. And Pollard is much more explosive than Zeke at this point. That's evidenced by Zeke, you know. he I don't think he has a touchdown yet. The Cowboys offense being as you know, bad as it is right now, it's hurting Ezekiel Elliott. But even when, if that comes back and the offense looks better, I think Tony Pollard's the guy to have. Um, Zeke has, you know, you want to say he has a floor, but the only floor he has is getting 10 carries, and that's about it. 
So <laughs> yeah, unless things drastically change, you know, I'd actually put Pollard above Zeke at this. Oh, point. I would spicy just spicy. because I like it. he has the receiving upside, and yeah, it's a very similar situation where, and you know, you don't want to compare him to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but Zeke seems to be limited exclusively to the ground game. He doesn't seem to have right. much through the air. Um, Tony Pollard seems to be a guy through the air. Um, if they're designing jet sweeps or anything, any gadget plays, it's going to Pollard. I, I like Pollard more than Zeke. Yeah. Pollard was targeted on more than 50% of his routes run last week. So yeah. uh, he's definitely a favorite there. Now, uh, I think I think that'll do it for now. I just want to let you guys know, uh, you know, underdog fantasy, you know, if you're not playing with them yet, tonight is a great time. Today is a great time to start for tonight's game. They have a bunch of over-unders uh, that you can that that you can choose, you know, and you can win some money, you know, if you get a bunch of those over unders right, a bunch of multipliers there, you know, if you get five of those picks right, you end up twenty xing uh, whatever money you put in. So if you use the code upper hand uh, on Underdog Fantasy, you you would actually double your deposit uh, up to a hundred dollars. So uh, so make sure you take advantage of that. I appreciate everybody here. The link to Underdog is in the in the description here uh, for the YouTube and also in the podcast as well. So. Appreciate you guys. I'm glad glad to be back here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with the wide receiver and tight end rankings going into the weekend. Appreciate you guys. If you need the full rankings, they're going to be up on the Patreon page later today. Thank you, guys. See you later. Peace.